I've given some tough sermons, but I've never been led to the brow of a hill to be pushed off as a result of it. Uh, they must have really been quite angry with our Lord, but it wasn't his time yet. This, uh, this second reading from Corinthians is often used as a, uh, for weddings, not without reason, and it's a kind of a template. I think it's St. Paul's rule of life. He didn't have all these things either. We see him uh, having altercations with many of his helpers in the letters. He's quite honest about it. He must have been a little tough to work with. But these are things that we all in life go back and forth trying, and they're all actions that we do and things that we can um, get our, to, to live a way of living. We, it kind of helps to get a handle on it. Um, our Lord usually works in quiet ways in our lives. He's very uh, he tries to be subtle so that more and more, as we pick up on the Lord's actions in our lives, he pulls back to make it even uh, more subtle. And yet it is in these small things that we can make a difference in the world and we grow in this Holy Spirit and God uh, helps us. Uh, there are things that we can do uh, and God gives us lots of chances to do these things. Love is patient and kind not jealous, not pompous, not inflated, not rude, and does not seek its own interests, but the interests of someone else. Uh, that's the key to any relationship, and it certainly is with God, who gave everything, not even thinking once of himself, and hopes that we will begin to act like him, and boy, is that difficult. Uh, back, in, uh, back in the days when uh, I used to attend daily mass and work, I had different shifts. One, for a while, I went to a 6.15 a.m. mass. Anybody that knows me, knows that's a miracle, like the second coming of Christ, but, but I did. And then later I got a swing shift, which is much better, and would go to the 8 a.m. mass, and usually the older folks went to that because most people are getting ready for work or at work, 8 a.m. is a little tough for that. But we, we developed quite a little community. Uh, I love that, and that's where I began to think that maybe this life rather than monastic life would be more uh, what God maybe wanted. These pe- Some of these people were helping me discern on this Day dedicated to consecrated life. Uh, and so it's kind of interesting the part that they played and didn't even know it. That's what's going to be so interesting about the last day of our lives. Inspiring people would come early to pray. And I began to come earlier and earlier uh, before Mass. We had one lady that went around uh, saying the rosary and walking, and everybody she saw she stopped to chit chat with. Well, that used to drive me nuts. You know, I tried not, I didn't, I tried not to glare at her, but I probably did. You know, but what do you do with that kind of thing? Uh, it's you can't change it, so you have to grow into it. Uh, it, it. Probably bugging half the people that were trying to pray, and that does happen in in places. People that don't realize that they're doing this. That one of the things that that happened. I, uh, this lady's come up before, but she's just uh, a, a font of. This was a font of uh, of of um, grace. As I would, you know, when this church is now five years old this weekend, this is our anniversary weekend. So uh, we had a month. I discovered, if I, God forbid, I should build another church, but I learned a lot about this. That we have, uh, we had a month to do anything we wanted with the decor and things, and then people began. This began to be your your spiritual living room, like the other place. Everybody. The seats were all up for grabs because the church is laid out so differently than that one. Nobody knew where to sit. Now you all sit in the same places pretty much. And don't tell me you don't. And I had the same thing at my home parish in St. Jerome. So I had this place that I sat. And then this lady started coming. I don't know why she did this, but we'd both be kneeling there. And this is before Mass. And 
then I'd sit down and I'd see right next to me, there's a couple of hands, like about one inch from me, and there's all this room in the pew, and she's like right there. I'm thinking, I must have taken this lady's seat. She's bugging me. So you kind of scoot over a little bit. So I have a, I have a prop here. She had a rosary. Some of you may remember this story. She had a rosary. She'd get out her, pardon me. She'd get out her rosary. I have to get warmed up for this. And, and every time I'd move, you know, I didn't want to. I would give up my seat, but I'd move and she'd follow me. Uh, I tell you, sit next to that for 45 minutes. So what do you do? Okay, now you're in that seat. Somebody probably bugged you this morning. Now, what did you do? What would you do? What's the first thing that comes to mind? To move. But wouldn't that also make her feel bad? So I didn't, even then, you know, I'm so much more holy now. (laughs) Well, I thought I would be. That was three decades ago, three and a half decades ago. I can't believe that. Uh, But something in me said, you know, that's going to hurt her feelings if I, every time she kneels down, I get up and leave. So then the next thing you want to do is kind of glare at him or say, would you please, please not rattle the rosary? So I, anyway, her, uh, her name was off. I've forgotten it again. Uh, Betty Nevis, Betty Nevis. I actually, actually got in touch with the family, but a mutual friend when she passed, I was already up here. And uh, I told him that she was so pious. I always saw her in church, didn't tell her about the rosary. The way I got through that was I called her Rattlin' Rosie. <laughs> I didn't know what her name was. You know, uh, that, that comes from Neil Diamond, you know, Rosie, Rosie the Rosary Rattler. <laughs> Worked. So Rosie is everywhere. You always find a Rosie. And Rosie teaches us there may be one in your family. You know, I used to, I, in Tillamook, I used to joke about the log, hay, log trucks, hay trucks, milk trucks, and RVs. That You always get behind one or the other of those things. And you know me, I'm not patient on the road. So, but, you know, love is patient. Love, love accepts the fact that we are all at different speeds in life. Love doesn't, just a few things that one says, perhaps at a wedding, but it's true for everyone. We connect with each other deeply, such as marriage, with the goal of not seeking always my own interests. If, uh, if we do that, we're not going to be liked, and God doesn't like us either. And it's a, it's a, it ends up being a selfish and sterile life. Uh, all the many things that we do, we've got backpack buddies back there, I think lectors this week. Uh, one does these things to think of others rather than oneself. It takes a little extra effort to go to the store and pick up a few groceries for, for whoever uh, goes there. Love is kind. It doesn't... Um, doesn't brood over an injury. I was growing up, my grandfather uh, did something 30 years earlier, and my grandmother brought it up every day. After that, I finally took his side, and she didn't like me either. I said, I said he's, he, he's, he's not even going to go to purgatory. He's done so much from you. I shouldn't have said that. but, but. Well, I was 20, uh, you know, thought I knew everything. Um, but it doesn't say... I told you so for the rest of your life. It's okay to say it, you know. It's okay to say, you know, 
you know, guess who was right here, but please don't say it the rest of their lives. That's, that's called unforgiveness. And it's not loving, and it's not like Christ. He's not going to say that to you. You go to confession, he's not going to say it the end of time. Boy, you said you're sorry, but look at this. It's gone. So we have to try to imitate him. Um, St. Teresa of Lisieux had a very similar situation. It, her Story of the Soul is a wonderful little book. Uh, I read it three times. And uh, you have to get beyond the, the, some of the French idioms that she has in there. But she, there was a nun behind her. And, you know, they can't move. They're assigned a seat. And this nun was rattling her rosary beads. And it drove St. Therese nuts. She, she writes, I wanted to turn and give her a look to let her know how much she was bugging me. And she didn't. I wanted to ask Mother Superior if I could move but I thought it would hurt her feelings. But she didn't know what to do because she couldn't even pray. She, said she had sweat as she sat there clenching her fists, listening to this. She said, finally, the Lord explained to me, you can offer that chorus, that orchestra up to God that's going on behind you. And see, uh, that was more pleasing to God than a prayer time with no problems. If I ha don't have people to challenge me or situations we're not growing so the Lord is going to keep doing that because we lose sight of the fact that we're not home we're not in heaven obviously uh, we uh, God is going to continue to give us growth opportunities that's what we're here for that's a really critical insight it was one another one of these things I got to mention it was just so funny uh, don't talk about this part of my life too much but I I was in a monastery for a little bit, a little while and uh, we, three, we three postulants were sitting there in the front row. This was at Valley Irmo, California, out in, the, out in the high desert. And getting ready to go into the cloister in the community, which they sat like at Mount Angel, opposite sides of the altar. So there was a nun that worked up there. We had three of us. There was me at 22 years old, and then there was a guy that was in his 30s. And neither one of us made it, but the guy that was in his 40s, came from another religious community, I thought to myself, what is this old goat doing trying to become a, a monk? You know, 42 years old he was. Anyway, he's still there. But uh, there was this nun behind us. And this is what she did. I heard this for about eight months. <clears throat> I can't do too much of it. lose my voice. <clears throat> you know, after every song or something. <clears throat> just going, take me now, Lord. I can't stand this anymore. <laughs> and no, the guy next to me, his name was um, Jim. Yeah, and Jim turns to me and he says, he couldn't stand it either. He, he says, just once, Gary, I'd like, to, I'd like her to get that motor started. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, you can't make these things up. But it's, but you know, neither one of us ever told her. Her name was Sister Karen. Partly because we thought she might beat us up. <laughs> she was bigger than we were. But, uh, I mean, stronger. But, but, uh, but also, we didn't want to hurt her feelings. And we couldn't move, just like Therese. We can't move away from these things either. You know, you escape one and another one's coming. It's, and there's a reason for it, too. It's, it's to grow. And you know, we're having, 
a funeral again this week. There's about, been about one a week here for a while, sometimes two. And really, uh, you know, we pray for the dead, but the living are here to learn something too. They may not come to church. They may not be religious. They may not pray. They may not be Catholic. They may be another faith other than Christian, but we're all going to be in the same place one day. And what do you have left? Your fame is gone. Your money is gone. Your status is gone. But what we are inside remains. We remain who we are. We live forever. I suspect most of the deceased are hanging around listening. You know, uh, I'm sure they are. And what do we have left? Our relationships with God and others. The love that we gave to others and the times we were forgiven. And so St. Paul says it and sums it up for us. I know partially right now, but one day I shall know fully, even as I am known. What will we know? We will know that God had a name for us before we were born. We didn't have preexistence, but we were already in the mind of God. He knew everything about us before we even came out, just like Jesus. But when we're finished with this short life, there are only three things that are left. Faith, hope, and love. Faith is fulfilled, hope is realized, but what we did for others and the sacrifices we made for Jesus or, uh, or someone else remains forever because the greatest of these is love.